Hello there, it's 20 past 8 in the morning and I'm in Paris visiting the 2012 Paris Mondial de Automobile, the Paris Motor Show. And I was slightly concerned that you guys weren't going to get an episode of this programme because my press accreditation hadn't been authorised. However, when I turned up and gave them a Gareth Jones on speed card, they looked at me and went, Ah! Gareth Jones on speed! And an enormous smile. I somehow doubt it, but uh, it seems that even here in France they've now heard of Gareth Jones on speed. <laughs> And we're in with full accreditation. Being as this is the Paris Motor Show, French manufacturers seem to get pride of place. The first thing you see when you walk in is the enormous PSA pair of stands. That's Citroën on one side and on the other side of the aisle, Peugeot. Peugeot have a rather stunning-looking 2008 in the most iridescent lime green yellow crossover I've ever seen I've also got the new RCZ and the little Peugeot 208 of course but this trip I am a guest of Renault UK they brought me over and put me up very kindly so I think our first stop was to be the Renault stand One way of getting noticed at a motor show is the colour of your cars. And just looking at the various stands here, at first glance, it seems that the mode, if you like, if I can use a French term, is to colour all your cars on your stand the same way, or certainly group them. Now, Renault's big news is the new Clio, which looks lovely, sorry, La Nouvelle Clio I should call it and they have a display of the Clio range here, most of them are in this rather lovely lemon meringue colour, and you know how concept car design filters down through the range if you look at the new Clio you can see hints of the Renault Desir do you remember that concept car, the Desir very smart well the wheel trims of that Desir seem to have filtered down already to the Clio. I swear I've seen that wheel design or something rather like it before. And it is rather smart. Also, the Clio has some rather soft, bulbous sculpting along the sides, which, again, is reminiscent of the Desir. If you move around the stand, you go from a region of these meringue-coloured cars to what I might describe as ochre, kind of a metallic orange and the cars look great in that that's the DCI okay so the TCE version is in meringue and the DCI versions are all in that ochre colour then you get to a batch of red Clio's and they really are a fabulous red, this is the TCE as well then over on the other side Renault are making much of their electric cars. So they have their electric range, almost like a substand or one half of the stand here. And they're all white. 
is white the new blue, the new green? I don't know. So they've got the Zoe here, which I think is possibly the smartest-looking electric car around at the moment. Far smarter than the Nissan Leaf. Yeah, looks good. It's got this rather cute thing at the front where the massive Renault Diamond hinges out of the way to reveal the charging socket. Smart. I think the Zoe looks the business. Very minimalist inside. You kind of get this with electric cars because, you know, we've done away with gear sticks and some of the controls. It's only a two-pedal car. You step inside the thing. I'm going to get in it. Ow, bang my head. That's because I've got headphones on, not because it's low. And uh, if I close the door... Okay, the window's still open. Yeah, it's quite minimalist in here. A bit like the Leaf in some ways. Very smart. Lots of sort of polished surfaces. Lots of white plastic, which is unusual because, you know, you buy a German car, it's all black. And this is body-coloured inside. Yeah, I like the Zoe. I think it's cute. But if you want real cute from an electric car, how about the Twizzy? Twizzy is parked alongside the Zoe here. And it's tiny. It's the wheels that are so small that make you realise just how small this thing is. And if the Zoe is all white plastics, then the Twizzy is sort of black plastic with a finish to it that you can feel on the black stuff on the bumpers. You can hear it scratching, listen. It's sort of like a mesh, almost. Cute. I bet that's going to be impossible to keep clean, though, in the grime of the UK. When I first saw the Twizzy, I thought, that's ridiculous, no one's going to buy it. And yet there seems to be an enormous affection for it. People really do like the Twizzy. Maybe it's because of the way that the doors open, those scissors doors, and the fact that it looks like nothing else on the street at all. I really look forward to driving one of those. The interior is one of those things that you look like you might be able to hose it down, lots of plastic, perhaps because it doesn't have proper doors. The doors are optional. It's a tandem two-seater with a range, I think, of about 50 miles. And, of course, zero emissions at the exhaust, principally because it doesn't have one. I like the Twizzy. Didn't think I was going to say that, but I do. I wish you could see the Renault stand. This is one of the most uh, calm motor shows I've ever been to. It's usually a bit frantic, full-on music, but fair play to Renault who are keeping it cool on press day. And interesting that their stand has no edges to it. You know, you usually have a large stand with raised sections, usually rotating platforms that cars are on well you've got rotating platforms here but all the edges have been smoothed into curves it's like walking over the teletubbies <laughs> you know what I mean where the teletubbies lived smooth waves and adding to that sort of organic feel instead of having seats for all the journalists to sit on to watch any press announcements that are to be made they have what appear to be pebbles. Great cushions, actually. Very, very nice. I wouldn't mind these in my living room. Of varying sizes. I doubt if any two are the same, just like pebbles on the beach. Do you know, 
I could sit here all day. Better not, though. Got some cars to look at. Le Mondial de l'Automobile de Paris. Avec Gareth Jones on speed. Motor show is easily about production cars and concept cars, but here on the Ford stand, I'm pleased to see that there's a race car. There's a version of the, I think it was the Migale Formula Ford car, in which Ford have stuck their new three-cylinder EcoBoost engine. And it's a fine-looking thing. It's been converted for road use, so it's got mud guards, it's got headlamps, it's got indicators, all this on a Formula Ford car, which makes it look very chic, actually. And it's got this remarkable little three-cylinder turbocharged EcoBoost engine which means it's got a top speed in a Formula Ford car of 158 miles per hour. And I don't know if you know, but Ford did a big PR thing recently where they drove this car around the Nürburgring Nordschleife circuit in a record-breaking 7 minutes and 22 seconds. Faster, lighter, better. That's proper race car technology, lightweight stuff, isn't it? Okay, let's have a look at the Ford Road cars. They've got the Fiesta ST here with the Aston Martin grille that Ford have now purloined for themselves. There's a Focus ST here as well. The Focus is really growing on me now. When the new Focus 3 came out, I thought it was a bit bland. It's not, it's just smart and a much bigger car than it ever used to be. Okay, parked next to the new Ford Cougar. Well, I say new Ford Cougar, it looks very much like the old one, with a very un-Aston Martin-like grille, a very subtle grille, but parked next to it is the new Ford EcoSport, which, uh, apart from having the crappest name of any car in the Ford range... Why would you call it the Eco Sport? It's not a sports car. It's a mini 4x4 MP3 thing, which isn't really a sports car. And to make matters worse, the colour that it's in as well is a very, very drab grey. Some gunmetal greys work, but not this one. And it really does look like a three-quarter scale model of the Cougar, which is a good car. So the EcoBoost will be a good car. A bit simple, I believe, in terms of its technology on board it was designed for the south american market as i understand which means you need slightly more robust suspension and less sophistication than the european car but that's part of the whole one ford process where ford are now trying to define what ford's about make one car which is a world car even if it has different names in different markets like the Ford Mondeo that I'm standing next to now, or the Ford Fusion, as it's known in the United States. Well, here it is, my first look at a Mondeo, and it's badged Mondeo here as well, not Fusion, this is the Mondeo. Handsome, smart, and not unlike the Aston Martin Rapide, of course, because of that grille and that sloping rear. And the model that they've got here is in a sort of metallic, almost pearlescent white. And, yeah, I like the Mondeo. It's grown ever so slightly, or perhaps our expectations have shrunk 
the Mondeo represents a much bigger car, I think, these days. It's closer to Granada proportions and Cortina proportions. Yes, I know I'm showing my age. <laughs> no, I am, but, you know, I have a long history of a passion of cars, and it starts with the Cortina, probably. So nice to see the Mondeo here. Can't quite see it at the moment. It's a bit of a scrum at the moment. Have they got the estate here? Yes, they have. And again, it's in this grey colour. I don't think that's a great colour to have your cars in on a stand, unless they're all that colour. Okay, this one is metallic. and actually looks a bit better on the Mondeo estate than it does on that little EcoBoost. You know I like an estate car. Okay, it's a Mondeo Titanium 2-litre EcoBoost with some extraordinarily large wheels. I can't see those wheels allowing that car to carry a big load. Although, looking in the back, that is a proper estate. There is some serious volume in the back there. Once again, Ford are doing that thing where they cheat the roof line to make it appear more sloping and coupe-like at the rear by having windows which cut into the roof but it is in fact a far flatter top surface far straighter top surface than it first appears I like the Mondeo do you know if I was going to spend money on a car probably would be a Mondeo or an S-Max although I might wait a little while for the new S-Max to come out no sign of it here Le Mondial de l'Automobile de Paris avec 15 jeunes on speed. I've left what was essentially a French hall and come into Hall 4, which is extensively German. Toyota Group have half of this hall, that's Toyota and Lexus, of course, but the other half belongs to the VW Group. And the VW stamp itself is enormous it is vast it is white which makes it look even bigger than it actually is it has arches and stretches literally as far as I can focus uh, I know that's not very far my age of 51 these days but it is vast but when you consider that VW Group encompasses Sayat Skoda, Audi, Bentley, Porsche. You've got an idea of just how big that operation is nowadays. Right, I've got a date. I'm going to meet one of the other people who's on Gareth Jones on Speed, who is perched in the Seat stand. Now, if I were to record this in real time, it would probably take me about 45 minutes to wend my way from one part of the VW stand to the other. Do you know, I, th I think we have to stop thinking about Volkswagen as a motor group and think of them as an independent nation these days. This thing's so big. I'll be back in a moment, or 20, when I found him. I'm on the Seat stand. Sitting inside the Seat Leon is a voice you'll know. What the heck happened there? What's going on? <laughs> I just got trapped in a car by 
I think this is Automoto und Sport, the German sister of Auto Express, and they've put some kind of like seating test rig in the passenger seat. And, and you've had your photo taken next well, to it. I was sitting in the driver's seat, and the photographer just appeared at the open door, and someone was shoving his flashes and lenses all over me, and I couldn't get out of the car. I was just trapped. Very it's, it's strange. All very weird. I what, don't know what they're doing with this. What, what is that mechanism? It is like a, a showroom dummy without the body. It's got a head and a back it's, and a you seat. You know what? They love all this stuff. That's probably a comfortableometer. That it just measures comfortability I don't know it's odd isn't it I've just taken a picture of it how are you I'm very well you were at a big bash last night I went to the sort of pre-reveal of the Jaguar F-Type which was at a place in the centre of the city and it wrapped up quite early it's what happened afterwards that did the damage. What happened afterwards, Richard? Well, I, just, I got back to the hotel and there were some people I recognised in the bar. So Fatal. I thought, I'll go for one. And one turned into two, turned into... can't remember. So, feeling a bit crispy. But otherwise, spirits are high. It's nice to be here. Motor shows aren't just motor shows. You know, this is big enough. It's not as big as Frankfurt, mercifully. Yeah, yeah. But this is huge. But the shows start before the show. Like, you have all these previews on the night before. Yeah, now. that's the thing. Because the odd thing about this show, and it's a growing trend, is that there are a few things here that we haven't already seen photographs of. Yeah. The F-Type, I think they did want to keep under wraps, but then a picture leaked. They showed everything except the butt of yes, the car. Yes, I mean, that's the way it's going now, isn't it? Come to the motor show and see the yes, headlamps. see an arse. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It is. Um, <laughs> and here I am. Um, <laughs> but we're standing by this new Seat Leon, which yeah, looks all right. But I you know, saw pictures of that the other day. What else in this, in this room? We've got the new Golf. We've got... Is that it? What's, what's new from Toyota there down there? I don't know what have they haven't got. looked at what they've Can't got. Yeah, what don't they've know, got. No. I think one of the few surprises that hasn't been sort of officially released as a series of photographs and press releases is the Porsche Panamera. It's basically a shooting brake. It's I right know. up your Strasse. Have I you know. seen it? No, should it's we go really look at nice. it? Yeah, do you want to go look at it? Let's go and look at it. Okay. Richard and I have made it over to the Porsche stand, which it's rather like a chill out room, baby. It really is, isn't it? It's very ambient with mm. music. Yeah. We're at the business end of it. Now, the business end of a Porsche is the back, because that's where the engine's supposed Sometimes to be. Where the engine lives, yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes, yes, not so often these days. But in this case, the business end is a kind of a sporting estate. It's not unlike the FF, is it? The Ferrari FF in uh, sort of Yeah, except it's got four doors, and I think it's nicer looking. I really, really like this. My sometime colleague, Chris Monkey-Harris, friend of the show now, yes, yes, since, yes, since yes. your trip to Spa, pointed out earlier on to me that this is basically the way that concept cars are these days, which is that they've got a car ready for production, but then to tease us, they take a hammer to the door mirrors, knock those off, replace them with rear-view cameras, like every concept car has. Never going to happen. They've been promising it for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then they put up some slightly fancier impractical door handles on it, some bigger wheels and they go oh it's a concept and you go well it looks like you could make it if you just put all those things back on again and this is very much the case if you could see that driving down the street tomorrow in fact I wish you could because I've just had a Panamera on test actually the diesel one yeah oh great and it's a really impressive car really impressive car to drive but I don't like the way it looks but what I don't like about it is its bottom and they fixed it here so well you see I don't have that problem with the rear end of the Panamera that I know Zog has and, and you have I think it's fine Really? Yeah, it's, it's sort of bulbous and, you know, nothing wrong with a big buck now and again. You know, ask any rapper. <laughs> ask, yeah, what was his name? Um, uh, like well, Freddie Mercury, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, he liked fat bottom <laughs> yeah. Porsches, I think. 
I didn't see that going. Um, <laughs> this is good. Like it. Like it. it. What's it called? Though? I forget. Hang on. It's written behind us. The Panamera Sport Turismo. Yeah, they didn't call it shooting brake because Mercedes have got that, haven't that. they? Yeah. Sport Turismo. Mm. Hybrid uh, as well. Yes, so it is. And if this was a diesel version, it'd be the nearest thing you'd ever get to a proper family Porsche estate. Yeah, it, it really, really would. Well, since we've got a dog now, I find myself looking at cars in a different way. And I, I look said, at things and I go, told you. You know, so I'll be, I'll go, oh, look, here's the new Lamborghini Aventador. And I'll be going, well, it's all well and good, but I couldn't have one of those because you couldn't possibly get the dog in the back. But problem solved with this, I would like one very much. I'd imagine it's going to be quite expensive, so I can't, but... Over 25 grand, I think, now. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Any a lot Porsche, of cars are, aren't really, they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get to the back? They're actually filming. We're probably going to crash them on shot if we do this. There's a guy with a steady cam. I'm going to take my steady mic round this way as he goes that way with a steady cam. Let's have a look at the back end of the Sport Turismo. Yeah, you see, I'm not sure if that is an estate. I think that's a hatchback. Charles Hellitz here. Is that an estate or is that a sports hatchback? Ha, looks like an estate to me because the regular Panamera is a hatchback. I think it looks lovely actually. It gets rid of that sort of awkward Panamera rear end. Looks terrific. Not you as well. There's nothing wrong with the Panamera rear end. Well, is there something wrong with your eyesight or something? It's actually, there's... yes, there is, yes. <laughs> well, I can... You've just demonstrated it ably. <laughs> Look at those door handles. They're obligatory door handles for a concept these days. They're not actually handles, they're just touch sensitive uh, chrome insects. They're just made of some material they've just made up. No door mirrors because it's got rear view cameras and it's got some slightly fancy headlights. Those are just like the headlights on the 918, which I think they're going to do in production. So everything about this car, stick some proper mirrors on it. And it's pretty much good to go. Proper door handles, we're in business. And I hope they do. I hope they pull the finger out and get it made soon. I think more car manufacturers ought to do estate versions of their cars. But I've always thought that. After four days weary travelling on the Volkswagen Group stand, we've made it to the outer confines of the Audi stand. This is their concept for yes. the show. Do you know what it's called? No. No, I'm glad me. you asked me that because um, we, I don't. we can't see it written down anywhere. It's either. definitely not called the Q2. Oh no, sirree. No, no, no. And they're not going to make anything like it, except they probably will. So the thing about this that's noteworthy, I suppose, is that it's supposed to give an indication of how the next generation of Audis will look. Which from here suggests they're going to keep looking like Audis. Yeah, that's uh, a safe bet. Um, so Audi's new design language is German. No, ironically, it's Welsh. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that's right. You tell me that. Their designer is a Welshman that's, or that's one of their true. designers. I was being flippant, but that is yeah. right, yeah. The bloke who did that fantastic little quattro concept yeah, that was yeah. here two years ago at yeah. the Paris show. I can't remember his name. Steve... Uh, Steve Welsh. Yeah, well, for the sake of argument, let's say Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Furies. Um, God, what is his name? Anyway, yes, yeah. he's Welsh, and he runs their advanced studio in Munich. I so will he be responsible for this one? I then? don't know. I'd recognise him if I saw him, and I can't see him, so... 
it's very familiar, as you say, but it's got a bit of, what would you call that? It's sort so, of a yeah. technical look about it, this sort of matte black, could it be yeah, plastic? It's certainly silver, not chrome. Yeah, or is it rubberized? Mm. So the grille seems to sort of stand slightly more proud of the headlights and the bumper, and... It combines two of Audi's worlds. Do you remember when Audi's used to have rectangular grills with the Audi yes, rings in it? Yes. Then they went to the large gaping yeah, grill from yeah. like the Auto Union period. This thing has got the best of both worlds. It's got the large gaping Audi grill, but along the top you've got this rectangular thing again. It's gone back to that. It's yeah. cyclical, isn't it? There's things going on in that grill. I haven't even looked at the back yet. It looks like it's got a removable roof panel. I don't think it is, but it's sort of carbon fibre middle bit. And the seats are making me crave some apricot mousse for some reason. <laughs> very sort of orangey, but a light orangey yellow. I want a melon flavoured blancmange for the same reason. Or a Solero lollipop. That's what it yes, definitely that's is. That's what it's making me So, this want, is the so new so Audi Solero lollipop. Yeah. Yummy. Other flavours are available. So, you have to have the aircon on full the whole time, or the interior will melt. <laughs> Let's go look at the back. Do you reckon we can walk through everybody's? Shots. I think right, we should tell you how many camera crews shots we crashed. Listen today. to the swearing as we walk round here, listen. Nobody swore! Right, we're around the back of this thing now. Maybe we'll find out what it's called. Is it written on the back? Impossible to read. Cross Lone? Cross Lane Coupe. Cross Lane. Again, at the back. It's not surprising, is it? It just sort of looks like a canal. Do you remember the Steppenwolf? Yes. It's another That's one of those, it's isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. So it's a three-door, high-riding, sort of semi-off-roader thing. Always amazed me and, that they, um, they didn't say when the Steppenwolf came out that it was born to be wild. Someone had to say that, didn't they? I think maybe the irony of the name was slightly lost on. I like these indicators. The indicators stream from the yeah. centre of the car towards the sort outside. Sort of like the thing on the front of Kit, Night Rider car, mm-hmm. but only going in one direction and then going off again. I wonder if they could do that in production or if it's illegal. And what happens when you put them on as hazards? Do they stream from the outside to the centre? You could have fun with that, couldn't you? Yeah, Everything's possible with, you know, computers and stuff and LEDs (laughs) and mirrors. And that programme, how do they do that, where the answer was always, it's done with computers and wires. (laughs) (laughs) Every week. How do you do that? Well, it's done with wires, papier-mâché and computers. You see, as a man who's done plenty of items that start with the word how, if they'd asked me, had I given them a proper answer... Le Mondial de l'Automobile de Paris avec Gareth Jones on speed. We've come over to the Toyota stand to look at what is potentially the least interesting car here, the Toyota Auris, although I've heard some people in Toyota call this the Auris. Did you know that? The what? Auris? Auris. Auris. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, it's like Audi and Audi, isn't it? I think we've all sort of decided now it's Audi, except my dad. Audi. Udi. <laughs> <laughs> that just reminds me of that song. You ever seen that thing online? Saudis in Audi. It makes me laugh. Um, so, yeah, this is inside the new Toyotaurus, which actually makes you appreciate that the Golf is pretty good because this is a bit more plasticky. It's got this kind of cliff face of a dash, which I'm not sure about. Though it has got, look at this, look like stainless steel sort of trim on the dash. And there's quite a lot steel of it. Is there a bird yeah. in here? Or is it a sound effect? Uh, I think it's a sound effect. I think it's Toyota trying to emphasise its green credentials, uh, having the sound of nature around us. So, um, What's going on with that dash? There's loads of stuff in there, yeah. in that, that information. Well, basically, it has the internet. I How? Seen, I don't know. 
witchcraft. Oh, no, wait, I've remembered. It's um, wires and computers. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's how. And um, <laughs> next to the nav unit, such screen nav unit in the middle of the dash, you can pull up the internet. It has a Twitter preset on it. It has a thing where it'll try and find you the nearest car park. It's a, again, using the internet. So that's what that tweeting set was. That oh, was it's actually when you use yeah. Twitter in the car. It's a shame because that's, that's a really interesting and nice technology. But so does it, get, does it get the connection via your phone when you pair your phone? Is it using your 3G? Has it got know. its own receiver in here or something? I don't know. We'll find out. We find out, but it's, well, it's probably the sort of most interesting thing about this car. Mm. I quite like the way it looks from the outside, but it's one of those cars where it feels like you, sort of, you start at the front, you go, yeah. Yep, good, good, good. No, 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 because the back, the back, rear three quarters. Just all goes a bit, whoa, speaking to it. It's live, this car is live. Have you seen the lights? Look at the rear lights. We're talking about the back end. The rear lights, great example of what they do with rear lights these days. They actually sculpt the shape of the car by extending the lights out to give them a leg. But also notice that not only do they have that sort of style function, and I presume they do this as well so it's more visible around the corner, but look... There's a whole thing moulded in here, which I guess is for aerodynamic reasons. Look, there's like a little sort of fin, and then it comes to a flat end that's not part of the rear surface. It's all... Do you remember when the Sierra first came out? Yes. It had instability at high speed at motorways. Yeah, yeah. And what they had to do was put in some sort of rib lining the the, the the rear window. window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that is something like that, a little bit of a tweak to manage the airflow off the back. This is the one thing you have to just finally check with any Toyota to make sure they're not losing the plot. Listen to this. That's a good door fit. Yeah. And it's made in Britain, this, as well, so that's a good door fit from Derbyshire. It's a Derbyshire door, but the engine is like me. It's from Flincher oh, in North yeah. Wales. Like, there's some guy over there started one up a bit ago, and it went... <laughs> <laughs> Our exclusive podcast coverage of the 2012 Paris Motor Show continues with the Jaguar F-Type, the new Range Rover, the McLaren P1, and most importantly, something from Sanyong, it says here. All that and more in the next episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, available to your ears in just a few days' time. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whiz Bang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>